So this episode's coming out in July, but uh, in May, when we're recording it, the latest round of the World Cup of Star Trek has finished. Okay. So this time they were doing uh, ships. And I, I didn't vote in the early rounds of this very much because, to be honest with you, this one is this one is like... I feel like even more than anything else, this is one where just like you could just skip ahead to the last couple of rounds. Right. And that that's how I felt about it, where it's like the early rounds that are not that interesting to me, whereas like the episodes one, that's interesting right from the start. And then the character one becomes relatively interesting like pretty quickly, where it's like there really aren't... I don't even know if I'd say that there's a hundred starships that I care about in Star Trek, you know? Right. <laughs> and, like, if there are, it's, like, half of them are just, like, different models of the Enterprise. But, yeah, you're not you're not into, like, oh, the Saratoga. I always thought the Saratoga was cooler than the Archimedes. I know that some people do feel that way, but um, I, I don't think they've announced, I don't think they've announced what... Is it, like, indivi- in a, they're all individual ships? It's not, like, classes of ship or whatever? Right, they're all individual ships, Like, yes. named ships, Okay. Yeah, and so are they all um, Starfleet ships or? No, no. It's just I think it's I think the same thing. It's just like any ship that's been named. That so there's like Shran's ship, presumably, or something. Yes, like yes, yes. Okay. Um, I think it, maybe so, it would be interesting if you excluded Enterprises, like if it was just like yeah, all, if it was just like all the other ships, just like which ones of these like are the coolest, but like like aesthetically or visually. Or I that. mean they're. They're not Enterprise ships in like the top ten, certainly. I think there's there's not there's not Enterprise ships in the top five. So, well, not, yeah, I guess like not necessarily not Enterprise, but like non non main title ship. Yeah. Well, technically, there's a top. There's a yeah. The the, the Defiant is in, um, but then that's the only one though. <laughs> well, it's this is the other problem too is that and I I even fell prey to this a couple times that oh like um, remembering which Enterprise is which. Yeah, where like I would vote for something where it was named something, and I was like, oh, well, that's not that's not the right one. Where like there are two different defiants in the top ten. Oh, that's right, because there's the one from, from like the Tholian web, I think the defiance in that. And that that one made up pretty high too, but I think that one made up pretty high because people were just assume that they were voting for like one of the ones from DS9. But there's two different ones from DS9, but they're basically the same. But I forgot about one of them. I was thinking of the one that is in most of it, but then that one, like, blows up, and then they make another one that's, like, similar. But also, like, for example, like, the USS Voyager, the one that we see for, like, a second in Discovery Season 3 or 4, that one is uh, number 21. And, like, there's no way that that made it up the high, except for the people are like, oh, yeah, it's the Voyager. You know, like, like, like it's like that one is higher than, like, Kronos 1 or, like, the Titan like or or uh-huh. like this or like Picard's Stargazer, where it's like there's no way that like that that if people were like actually voting for it and were like oh no it's just like this one that appears in the section there's no way that they would have that appear above the original Delta Flyer or something like that you know what I mean but yeah so rather than guessing the top ten well I guess yeah why don't you try to guess the top ten uh, just 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 for fun. Quick, but yeah, don't 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 think too much about it. Like, and then, and then we can go through some of the more interesting right. ones. Right. So I'm going to assume original Enterprise, Enterprise D, Voyager, Defiant. And I just said they're both defi- Both DS9 Defiants are are in okay. There. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize there were two. So probably. Oh, now I have to remember like what Enterprise. A and B work because there's there's like the refit Enterprise, which is the one in the motion picture, which I don't know if that just counts as Enterprise again. 
Yes. Uh, so you got all of them right so far. Those are all in there. Uh-huh. Um, so then A is... A is the one they get at the end of Voyage Home, right? Yes, I believe so. And then... And then B, I think, is never seen. Like, B is just kind of, like, retired off camera. Uh, B, I believe... I think B is seen in in Generations, yeah. G- okay. B is in Generations, yes. Yeah. So A is the one in, like, the last couple of, mo- of movies, like, from Voyage Home on. B is in generation, so I'm guessing that. I mean, are all of the enterprises on like A through D? Um, and then C, e? and then C is C is um, yesterday's enterprise. Is yesterday's enterprise? Yeah. I'm good. I mean, that one may have made it just because of the fondness people have for that episode. So, you, which ones? What have you guessed? Are there any enterprises that aren't on the list? So, I guess probably NX Enterprise is probably also. Yep, NX is there. NX is on there. So okay, so so B is not on there. So so B is not. So okay. or, original A, C, D, Voyager, NX, both Defiance. Defiant, Defiant. Those are those are nine of the top ten. Okay. Um, is it the uh, HMS Bounty? No, think think, broaden your horizons to think of what kind of a what what a spacecraft could be. And then you'll you'll find the answer. Does Deep Space Nine count? Yes, Deep Space Nine is on here. Yes. So, okay. Cool. So number ten is Enterprise C, which is the Enterprise Enterprise Enterprise. Number nine is the original Defiant uh, from DS Nine, not the, the Defiant from one of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight is original Enterprise. Really? I would have expected that to be like number one or two. Yeah. Number seven is DS Nine. Number six is NX, which is like the NX. We're talking about an Enterprise episode today. I do not like the way the Annex looks. What do you, I think I think that might be because it's just, it's it's clearly CGI. Sure. In a way <laughs> like that not not a miniature. But I guess like so is DS Nine and so is so is Voyager. But I don't know just like the way that like are they? I I guess I always thought that they were get they were also like they were still. No, I don't think so. I think I think they're minis. I think they're both CGI. I could be wrong, but um, the way that like the light glimpse off of it is different, and also like I don't really like ships that much that like are just the the saucer and the nacelle. Um, mm-hmm. Like I like there to be a little bit of extra, like like the like thing on the bottom. Yeah, I I, I feel a little bit. I like the way the Cerritos looks better than um, the the NX Enterprise, but I feel the way that say it will about Cerritos too, where it's just like give me a little bit of something else to work with besides just the saucer and the nacelles, but. Um, yeah, so then the Enterprise NX is number six. Um, the Enterprise... Oh, wait, no, this is Enterprise E. It's not, not, so not Enterprise A. The Enterprise Enterprise E. It's Enterprise E. That's the one that, that appears in, in um, First Contact. That's because, remember, the Enterprise D blows up in Generations, I think. Okay. Remember, because they crash? I, rem- I don't remember. I remember very little of the... TNG movies. So in one of those movies, it crashes. Okay. It, the, the The original one crashes, and then they have this new one. I think. Um, okay. Yep. And so then that, that, that so that's Enterprise E. Oh, okay. So they don't have Enterprise D in First Contact. It's like this different. One. I believe so. Yeah. And then so the second Defiant is number four. Uh, Voyager is number three. Enterprise A, which is the Voyage Home, uh, uh, the vo- Voyage Home through Undiscovered Country one. Yeah. But that one just looks the same, like looks exactly the same as 
enterprise, right? It looks the same as the original enterprise, just nicer because it because it, it sure. just it, it basically looks the same. But like, there's a couple of color changes, but it just is basically like we can, we have a, we had a budget that we can do this. So we like put more detail onto it, yeah. And then Enterprise D is uh, number one, which I think is incorrect. That's fair. I, I, That's I, I don't I, I don't dislike it, but like. I think that like the original version, like the the TOS Enterprise, I like the way that it looks so much more than the Enterprise D. Um, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm shocked that like the original Enterprise isn't number one. Oh, I mean, like, like I feel like it just yeah. like established such the iconic look. Yeah. But yeah, I, I probably would have put like that one, and then, I mean, I personally like really like the look of Voyager. Um, I think it's fine. I don't hate it, but I, I, it doesn't. Speak but yeah, to me. I I guess like TNG is kind of almost as iconic for me maybe just because of like like that's what i watched as like a little kid mm. so that was like the first star trek i ever saw yeah and then after that it's like a pretty crazy like melange of things so like uh-huh. number 20 is the uss thunder child which is do people just like the name or? it is a member of the fir- of the fleet that fought against the borg in the Battle of Sector 001 in First Contact. And then apparently it also met... Shows up in, Star, in yeah, Picard. Yeah, it, it, it shows up in Picard. Then there's... Uh, the Discovery um, is... Oh, yeah. Discovery. Number 19. Um, then the, the USS Enterprise J is... Uh, is number 18, which again, I'm sure is only is that there the one that, like, because of... Riker has at the end of Picard? No, I'm guessing this is... Uh, Oh, this is what this is one that is seen in Enterprise on a view screen when Daniels is talking to that the, the time traveling man is talking to Archer. <laughs> so again, I'm sure that's only there because it has the Enterprise name because it's like it's just like a picture. It just like appears, it appears in some image. Um, mm-hmm. Then number seventeen is I believe the the second Delta flyer, which okay, you know. Okay, yeah, I I, I could I I could see the Delta flyer being up there. Yeah. I think that was, that like was it's, it's a cool design. Yeah, it's seen as the Cerritos, which is again like I, I fine. I don't like I said I, I don't love this just the sell saucer thing, but yeah, I guess like more for the story than just necessarily anything. Like it's just kind of like a run of the like kind of intentionally just sort of a run of the mill ship. Then there is the uh, the space dock that is in um, a couple of the is in first for Spock and Voyage Home, like the. It's like a vertical orientation, and like it's got like these kind of different rings of it's it's circular. Hmm. Uh, since we are on Skype, I'm just going to throw a picture of it in the chat. You recognize it as soon as I send it to you. It is a cool looking design. I do like it. Yeah. So the, the, there's a space dock. Um, it actually might be it might be the space dock where they're building the Enterprise A. Now that I'm thinking about mm. it. Um, then yeah. number fourteen is the Enterprise B, which I actually don't really like the look of. It's kind of like it's getting a little bit too fancy with, um, with like that design, like it's it's like not it's like kind of oblong now. Oh, okay, yeah, that's like Excelsior type one. Yeah. Then um, the Enterprise from the Kelvin movies, which I think is a great design. I I actually I would put that up probably higher. Um, I really like the way that the Enterprise looks in the Kelvin movies. Yeah, no, that I think does a good job of like taking the like structural design of the of the original series but like making it like higher quality then um number 12 is uh the reliant 
Is that Khan's shit? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it is. Which is like, I think that's like a fine design. It's got like that kind of weird like thing that is like that one is also just mostly just like nacelles and the saucer but like the nacelles are kind of like underneath it like like directly underneath the saucer like almost like pontoons yeah i think that one's kind of cool um and then uh number 11 is uh the excelsior which is just like a starfleet ship it's like one of the one of the important starship ships in. It's in one of the movies, right? Like that's. I think it's actually in a couple of the movies, but it's. Um, actually, I think it might be the. I, I think it might be the ship that maybe was captained by Kelsey Grammer. Maybe, I think. Interesting. In in okay. Undiscovered Country, I apologize for people who know these ship names better than than us, but <laughs> yeah. So that and that that, know, that one's like whatever. It's just it's just very large. Any anything you'd want to would you'd want to find out like where it popped up. Um, I'm trying to think of other sort of like named ships. Is Botany Bay on there anywhere? Uh, yeah, yeah, Botany Bay's on here. Um, yeah, like I said, like of uh, uh, Voyager that you see for two seconds in uh, that that one's number twenty one. <laughs> um, let's see, where are you, Botany Bay? I know I saw you earlier. Um, where is Botany Bay? I I, I, remember, I was thinking of the Bounty is on here. The the HMS Bounty. Oh yeah, the Bounty. That that's one I would be. Because I feel like that's the, like, it's from the Voyage Home, which is great. And it's, like, the very kind of, like, classic Bird of Prey design. That one's number 33. I like that one. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not here yet, but I'll, go, I'll look around for it. Um, Equinox, which is, like, we've, we've seen that episode, the first episode of Equinox. That one's number 28. Uh, yeah. Um, really? Yeah, it's Picard, Stargazer is 24. The Titans, 23. Um... No love for uh, La Serena. I'm sure it's on here somewhere. I'll find it while we're, while we're talking. The Shenzhou is number 34. Um, the Galileo shuttlecraft, which I always like, just because I because oh yeah, that's yeah, a good that's, that's number 35. The Pegasus, um, Riker's old ship, that's number 40. Tarek Nor, the other the other deep space station, that's number 41. V'ger is number 45. Okay. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of another ship called Voyager, <laughs> the Whale Probe, which I voted for every time it came up, that's number forty-eight. The Rio Grande, which is the shuttlecraft they use a lot in um, DS Nine, that's number forty-nine. La Serena is number fifty. Interesting. Uh, I'm just huh. scrolling through. See if there are any more interesting ones because this, this goes up to ninety-six, I believe. Uh, Botany Bay is uh, uh, number fifty-eight. That so sometimes like for like some of the ships they include like little quotes. They have to do with the ship on the, on this list the, on the work up a Star Trek uh, thing. Sure. Which I think we actually explained. Work up a Star Trek is like this ongoing Twitter poll to like pick the best of whatevers for these for these Star Trek things. So, the quote for Botany Bay is, "Botany Bay, Botany Bay. Oh no, Botany Bay." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what I think of. Um, Let's see. Then the the ISS Shenzhou, the the Mirror Shenzhou, is number fifty nine. Oh, that's right. I guess you have all the mirror ships too, don't you? Yeah, there aren't very many of these on here that I'm seeing though. Um, the ISS Enterprise is way back at number sixty seven, which is kind of surprising. the The ISS Enterprise, the ISS NX Enterprise, is number seventy two. That actually looks honestly kind of cooler than the NX Enterprise. Because it's got like this this really cool like kind of like decals on it. <laughs> it actually looks kind of sick. Okay, yeah. The ISS does the Mirror Universe Defiant is seventy eight. 
Oh, the Kelvin, the the ship that. Um, oh, that Chris Hemsworth flies. Yeah, that is uh, number eighty three. That actually, that, the ship looks pretty cool. It's a it's like a single nacelle ship, but it, it's the the nacelle is like on top. Huh. That's kind of interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what like non-human ships are like named, or like recognizable. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's. I think that's it. I think that's all. that's interesting. There's a. There's no. You know, I can think of some other ones that I, you know, mostly from DS Nine, where it's like, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, like I put like the solar the solar sails ship. Like I would I would put that on here. Oh yeah. Or like there's a ship that like Quark has for an episode when he goes back in time. That's like kind of an interesting ship. Um, or like yeah, like like yeah. There's I didn't really see any Cardassian ships on here at all, which is kind of interesting. But um, anyway. Yeah, there's just a lot, like the the second half of like the this 100 thing list is like it's like mostly just like random USS ships that basically look the same as like the Enterprise but they uh-huh. have different names. So right. yeah, not not still interesting, not not my favorite thing that they've done, but um I don't think they've announced yet what their next like poll thing is going to be, so I'm curious to see what that will end up being. Yeah, so. interesting. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about another Star Trek Enterprise episode. It is called Awakening. It is Enterprise Season 4, Episode 8. It is written by Andre Bormanis, or Bamani, um, and it is directed by Roxanne Dawson. Oh, um, really? And, yep. And I, I actually thought this episode had a little bit of, like, Directing in it, um, which is one of the reasons I thought this episode was like, all right. And then the um, the memory alpha synopsis is Archer and T'Pol encounter the Cyrenites, the radical group supposedly responsible for a terrorist bombing on Vulcan. Now, you and I were talking about this episode a little bit before we started recording, and I think this is the rare episode where we actually have a little bit of a disagreement about how good it was. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I just, I mean, I didn't think it was, like, particularly bad at all. I just thought it was kind of enough, like, I just couldn't get into it. Um, I thought there were, like, some interesting ideas. Or, like, one interesting idea, mostly. Maybe two. But, yeah, like, as an actual episode of television, I just, like, was not particularly entertained. I, I think, I was thinking about it while I was watching, and I was like, I think this is, like, alright. Like, this is, like, reasonably interesting to watch. But I, I also was kind of, like, in mind, I was like... I don't know if that just might be like that I have lowered my standards somewhat for Enterprise. <laughs> or like if it's not like actively offensive or where I was just like, I'm mostly not annoyed by this, but like <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was I think honestly like the thing that I liked about it was that like it had a budget and like sure. when when Enterprise episodes have a budget, I am like I kinda am like, well at least I get to like look at things. Sure. Um which is how I felt about this. That's fair. That it yeah. That is I guess something you can generally say about like the later seasons of Enterprise. So, you told me you you did not pay attention to, or maybe you even just outright skipped. No, I I like I watched the previously on, but like, kind of had a hard time following it and didn't put a lot of effort into it. But what I was able to pe- like, I I guess what I remember from either from that or like piecing it together from the episode. So like, this is kind of a whole plot line that started when a the Earth slash Vulcan embassy got bombed during some sort of like peace summit or something. Yeah. And they're like trying to track down who did it. And they think that it was this like, 
group of sort of rebel Vulcans that's hiding in the desert that like follow some different philosophy. They're called the Cyrenites. Or at least that like that's what like the Vulcan High Command told them it was. And then they've been like trying to track down the Cyrenites for like justice for their embassy that got bombed and they're on this like desert planet and Archer and Paul like ran across the desert and finally found them. Are they on a desert planet or are they on Vulcan? I thought I thought they were on Vulcan and there was a desert. Oh, is it all like on is that on Vulcan? I thought so, because that's why they kept on telling them to leave. Oh, I thought it was like its own planet. Because then they like bomb it, don't they? Well they bomb like that, part of, like that part of the planet. I guess planet. Interesting. I did not put that together at all. Interesting. I think it's on um It's on I can figure okay. I can figure this out. Yeah, it is. Oh yes. wow. Interesting. I did not put that together at all. Okay. So they're in the desert on Vulcan. And what I couldn't figure out is like what the the guy that like the Vulcan guy that's on Enterprise in this episode like what his whole story cuz they like show like him doing some stuff in the previously on and then like do they like think he did it at one point and then they don't or like what i don't get how he played into all of it but there's some like guy that i think was part of the vulcan high command but now is helping enterprise so i think he in a previous episode he did a mind meld on somebody and oh yeah which is like not a thing that vulcans did back then well, I think like it's not a thing that all Vulcans did. did. Yeah. Yeah, and so and, and he didn't tell the Vulcan High Command that, that he could do that, and so they fired him, basically. But he thinks that something is going on where he doesn't think the Cyrenites are responsible for this bombing, and he thinks that probably the Vulcan High Command is part of it, so that after he gets fired, he goes up and hangs out on Enterprise with Trip, acting captain while while Archer and um, T'Pol are on the planet's surface trying to find the Cyrenites, because... Uh, T'Pol and Archer haven't had any contact with the ship for a while, and so they don't realize that now the working theory is that the Cyrenites were framed. So they're they're trying to... Yeah, so they still think that they're, like, tracking down the people that bombed their embassy. Yes. And during that, like, they run into someone who it turns out is Siren, the leader of the Cyrenites, who had mind-melded with Archer. Yes. Um, and then died, I think? Yeah, and then died. And so, like, that, that I think's not in... I don't remember that in the previously on, but I think that's, like, sort of exposited in the episode. But, yeah. And so that... Kind of what we come to in the episode is that Archer and T'Pol are now, like, in the camp of the Cyrenites. And T'Pol is dealing with finding out that, like, her mom is actually one of the Cyrenites. And she still thinks, like, oh, the Cyrenites are this, like, radical, violent group that... Like, why would my mother ever join something like this? And is feeling, like, betrayed by that. And then Archer, it turns out, when Siren did that, like, mind meld for him, did a sort of, like, search for Spock type thing, where it turns out that now he's carrying the Katra of Which is, like, someone's, basically someone's, like, living spirit. Which is, yeah, and that's exactly what he does. That, that, that's, where, that's where Katra comes from. That's the first mention of Katra is Search for Spock. Right. Um, and I think this was kind of the, like, oh, like, that didn't also, like, didn't used to be a thing among Vulcans until, like, we found out about it now. And then, like, is by the time of Search for Spock is sort of, like, understood better. Um, but, yeah, but it's, this, it's, the, it's the spirit of Surak, who was, like, the original 
and th- this kind of like comes out in the episode uh, that like thousands of years ago or like 8,000 years ago there was this big violent civil war among the Vulcans and like they essentially like brought themselves almost to the point of extinction and Surak kind of was this visionary who like taught logic and peace and like that kind of became the philosophy that the Vulcans have followed since then um, and so like his spirit has kind of been passed on from person to person and Siren was the last one to have it well and like the Sirenites themselves like believe that like they're they're following Surak's true teachings and that the current Vulcan High Command is like too shady basically which obviously yeah. is, as, which, as which we find out in this episode is like 100% true yeah <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, there's something that I kind of liked about it where it's like, there's something very novel to me about the Vulcans just being the bad guys. Where, like. Yeah, I feel like that maybe that was part of it for me. Is that, like, it just se- they seem it seemed so foreign from, like, what I, like, know of Vulcans. Yeah, I, I would agree with that kind of, but. Um, like, it seemed like it was an episode full of guest stars who didn't really get what Vulcan's whole deal was. Because they're, like, there was quite a bit of sort of fairly emotional acting or at least like emotional compared to what Vulcans are usually like. Yeah. Certainly by the main guy, where they're um, like getting angry and snapping at each other and feeling sad. Yeah, what's, and, what's the main bad guy's name? Velas, I think is his name. Yeah. He, yeah. He's definitely acting emotionally. I thought the other guy was okay. The, the, the guy who keeps on being like his like Newt Gunray or Rune Hako kind of character. Who's like, well, what a, Oh yeah. You're gonna kill all these people. Like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so basically, what we find out is that like now Archer is carrying the Katra of Surak, which like that I thought is like a potentially like interesting kind of story thing to do, where like because then he like kind of goes into his own like has these sort of not really flashbacks or like kind of visions where he talks with Surak within his mind, where like Surak is just like you're kind of the only because you're an outsider, like the Vulcans are kind of going down the same path now that they did like back when I had to do my teachings of like, that there's two factions who like can't see eye to eye and it's going to lead to this catastrophic war. And like someone needs to like bring my teachings back and like tell them all to like think logically and work together and get along. And so like his kind of chosen Archer to be that person because he is an outsider and like isn't kind of like won't be on one side or the other. Yeah, yeah, and so and and Archer doesn't even really realize that Siren has like given them the Katra until like this episode. Yeah, because he's just kind of having these like weird headaches and like feels bad. Yeah, and um, all of the Sirenites know that Katras are real because Siren has had has been carrying around. Yeah, Sirix, yeah, uh, Katra, but then but yeah, and they kind of can't really like accept that. Like, why would he give it to a human? Um, especially like the the leader of the Sirenites, whose name is Tapau. Yeah. yeah, who is kind of like well, like he should have given it to me instead, and like tries to take it from Archer, but Surak like doesn't want to leave is kind of what they say like Surak sort of like chooses Archer instead to like carry his his spirit yeah and then and then T'Pol is like I don't believe that this is Katras are real yeah but then she figures she realizes it is real by the end (laughs) yeah so then like the Vulcan high command basically concludes that like this I don't know how they found the Sirenites I don't know if they tracked Archer or 
like they've they've kind of finally figured out where the Cyrenites are, and so they decide to bomb, like kind of just carpet bomb that like area of desert where they are to try to kill them all because they feel like they're like too dangerous for our plans. But they get, basically get delayed because like the whole point of the Enterprise in this one is just it just is like hanging out above the planet, and so they're like, well, we can't bomb them until they leave, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because Enterprise is still trying to, like, they, they, I think, finally figured out that their captain's down there. And so, like, they're like, we need, like, we still need our captain first officer back. And the Vulcans are just like, no, you need to leave because we can't let you see us bombing our own Do people. a genocide or something, yeah. <laughs> right. What I didn't get about this is, that, like, so they're, they're like, we can't let Enterprise see us do this thing because that would presumably like damage our like reputation with the humans but they're willing to like attack enterprise to get them to leave like eventually the vulcan high command gets like so frustrated that tucker is just kind of standing there yeah that they're just like fine just like shoot at him and make yeah, him he's leave. not acting very logically <laughs> no um which that seems like it'd be like a bigger diplomatic incident well yeah i mean like it's just like attacking the people that you're trying to get to stay on your side but. You're right, but, like, I think that's kind of the implication, right? Because, like, that other guy, Kuvak, I believe is the other guy's name, Kuvak is saying, like, hey, we can't do this. Like, we've we've been at peace for, like, 100 years. Like, like this is an act of war that yeah. you're proposing. He's basically, like, Velas, you're acting crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is kind of where they're going. It's like, this guy's essentially just kind of become totally unhinged. Yeah. So then, like, as, like, the bombing starting... You know, the Cyrenites are all trying to evacuate, and Surak kind of tells Archer where this, like, artifact is in this cave that they're at. Yeah, and the artifact does something. We don't know, because this episode ends with a to-be-continued. And Surak tells him, like, you have to find the Kirshara, and, like, that's the only way that we can bring the Vulcans back together. And so, like, as the bombing's happening, Archer's just like, we have to go down that cave that's right here. And so it's him and T'Pol and T'Pau go through this cave, and there's a bunch of, like, graves of, like, long-dead Vulcans, or tombs, or that kind of thing, and they find the the Kirshara. Something, a weird little thing that bugs me about Enterprise sometimes is that I think that, like, Enterprise goes so way overboard with having Vulcans put apostrophes in their names. Because, <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> like Velas. Right, because it's like, you know... The first Vulcan we ever see is Spock, you know? And right. then in this, you have T'Pol and T'Pau. T'Pol's mom's name is Teles. There is a, a place that's mentioned in, on Vulcan in this place called Pajem. Um, and, yeah, then there's Velas. And like, there's other characters, too, we've seen in some of the other shows. Yeah, like, at some point they decided this was, like, a Vulcan naming convention, even though it wasn't for a yeah, long time like, before I this. would say Teles is Timor, okay? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't set, set out to make that joke, but I it came to me. Well, I was complaining about that. But there it was. Um, there's too too much of it, though. Too much, you know. And I would say that that's true of like fantasy names too. Like I had, I have come up with a bunch of fantasy names in my day um, for for my job, and I've never done one of those like throw pressure things. I think it's a kind of like cliche, and I don't I don't like it very much. And so, but if you do it like every now and then, like that's okay. But like, come on, like. Like, let's have fewer fewer T'Pau's and more Surex, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so they go and they find this this thing, and then while they're finding the thing, the the Cyrenite place is getting bombed, and so the Cyrenites trying to evacuate, but then some of them still get caught. Yeah. Well, I think what what happens is to to Paul's mom like comes back for her. But there's some other dead people around that though, so I was maybe she did, but like, yeah. there was other people around who didn't get out. Yeah. And so to Paul's mom dies, and they kind of have like this brief reconciliation before that where T'Pol kind of realizes that the Cyrenites maybe may have been more right than she thought. Well, considering that they're currently getting bombed out by the supposedly peaceful uh, Vulcan High Council. Yeah. Uh, And then kind of the big uh, like reveal at the end is Soval, who was the Vulcan that's like hanging out on Enterprise with Tucker, kind of chooses this point to reveal that like the Cyrenites were actually pacifists and the reason that the Vulcan high command was so scared of them was, is because like they're about to start a war with the Andorians and they were like, well, we can't have like some pacifists around making us look bad if we like start a war of aggression. And so then like enterprise is like, we have to go to Andoria right away and like flies off to be continued. Yeah, which presumably means that Tran is in the next episode, which is too bad that we're missing it. Uh, one day. One day we'll get there. Someday. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of thought this episode was sort of boring, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a lot of, like, not much happening. I think, like, the kind of main plot points, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, like, I thought that the ending was intriguing of just, like, oh, like, I'm in- I-, I would be interested to see where the story went. But, like, as an episode of television, I felt like there was just a lot of, like, hanging out in a cave mm-hmm. or hanging out, like, around a Vulcan conference table arguing about why we can't, like, carpet bomb our own yeah. people. I thought it was... I, I, th- I was reasonably entertained by this. Um, I guess I, I was I was kind of curious. I was like, I wonder, like, what has been going on to make the Vulcan High Command act this way. So I was, like, sort of curious about that. And then I, I also I would say I did kind I did kind of like the loss even though he wasn't acting logically but because like I was like this this feels like the closest I've seen in a long time of Enterprise trying to say something about anything and maybe this is just like my selective reading hmm. but we always talk about how like, this is like a post nine eleven show and um, when did this episode come out two thousand four so I don't know. It's probably unlikely that they were really doing a direct, like, Iraq war thing, because it was, like, too close after that happening. But, like, part of me, it was, like, he, f- he gave me, like, very, like, Donald Rumsfeld vibes of, like, oh, look, sure. we have to just do this, and... The safe, like, we need to, like, attack all these people for our own safety, like, kind of ill... Yeah. Ill-defined. And at the end, they're basically, like... We have to protect we're ourselves. Gonna, we're going to manipulate yeah. intelligence to justify a preemptive strike on the Andorians, yeah. you know? So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is or maybe it isn't, I don't know. But, like, that's what it kind of gave me, like, this, this, like, his attitude was basically like, oh, yeah, we have to do all this, and you're stupid if you think otherwise, like, the end. I'm not, I don't feel like, yeah. I don't need to talk about this to you. Like, what, do you want the terrorists yeah, to Yeah, like, it, that's, that is how I felt. And so, like, whether that's intentional or not, like, that was resident to me because that is an actual yeah. thing that was going on at this time period, you know? Like, and, and, and still true. has yeah. all of this, like, effects on today's world so i did i kind of liked that and then but then yeah i just like 
like I said, I just kind of liked looking at this. Um, I think that there's some interesting bits of direction in it where, like, Roxanne Dawson, she just, she does, there's, like, multiple shots where she's, like, kind of framing the action from, like, overhead, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then mm-hmm. um, I liked the way that, like, the I kind of like anything when someone's, like, holding a torch and, like, going around in, like, a cave. So, like, I, like, sure. um, I also thought that, like, Scott Bakula looked very handsome in this episode. Like, he was just, he had a little, like, just a little bit of, like, interesting grime on him, and he was wearing kind of, like... He was pretty grimy, Like, yeah. a tight shirt that kind of... Like, I don't know, he just, I was like, he looks pretty handsome uh, in this episode. And, um, and then, yeah, like, I thought it was, like, a really good cave set. And I, I also liked the, I also liked the, um, the Vulcan High Command uh, set too just because there's all these kind of like interesting paintings on the walls and yeah i just liked i liked him going yep. through the tunnels with the with the thing and like you know push like that that big kind of like Raiders of the lost ark like door rolling away and stuff i was like oh this is like all like you know it's fun my big criticism of it is that like i never need to know these extraneous details about now obviously like katra's is a thing that like has existed on star trek for a long time but like that like oh there were these katra cells that where people like store these katras in these boxes and someone tried to mail with them and and like there's a there's actually a ritual that you can get to like katra someone out of their katra and like, that stuff I'm like all right this is this is like very typical enterprisey explaining nonsense where it's just like uh-huh. we have to like we have to like We're just like hey you know that thing from Search for Spock what if you knew more yeah, about yeah what if we made up more stuff about it that it's like less interesting it's the it's the Voyager Borg problem of like. The Borg are cool. What if we explained a bunch of stuff that doesn't make the Borg more interesting, you know? Um, and that was, like, my issue with it, where I was just like, I don't really want the Vulcans to have legends and artifacts that, like, do special things. Like, that's that's not... Like, have, like, a mysticism. Yeah, and, like, and that's not even because I don't want that to be in Star Trek at all. I think that can work better in something like, say, the Bajorans, you know, where that's, like, kind of an established thing. Like, that's their deal. Yeah, but if, like, your whole thing with the Vulcans is just, like, the kind of application of logic. Yeah. And that's another, like, a little thing that bothers me in a lot of Star Trek, which is that, like, Star Trek should be about science. And so I don't like it where it's happened. I feel like this happens so much in Star Trek when, like, one character is like, this isn't real. There has to be a logical explanation for this that's scientific, and then like the thing is like, and then it turns out there isn't, and it's like no, it's like I want, I would really prefer it if T'Pol was right, you know, I would kind of prefer it if if like Kira was ever wrong about like stuff being the prophets or whatever, you know, like because it's like a, I think that's like an interesting way to take it where it's like you have you are forcing people to like grapple with like their beliefs, but also because it's like this is a show that's ostensibly supposed to be about science, and so for the the denouement of the episode being that like a man's spirit is inside of another man and guides him through these like cryptic tunnels so that he can like pull out like a relic like an ancient relic i'm like this is not again it's like i didn't hate it because i was like i do kind of like the set dressing of all this stuff but like mm-hmm. it's not like what i go to star trek for really you know that makes sense yeah but i don't know i mean i thought it was fine it's serialized track which is, I think, almost never successful outside of, like, DS9. You know, there's some Enterprise episodes we watched where, like, the serialization has been yeah. okay. And again, like, it did, I, I will say, it did leave me, like, interested to see, like, where this... Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, I don't know. I thought it was... Which I guess I could also say about, like, some of the first season stuff. of Just, like, I do kind of want to know 
what the temporal cold war is and how they like where they went with it but yeah well it seems like at this point like the zindi aren't even like really were, were the zindi the bad guys in the the episode with like the the eight the anar who were the bad guys in that one was that that was just like a couple of Romulans. But I think they were, that, I think by the, oh yeah, you're right. But they were working with Romulans because they were so, just yeah, trying so to like disrupt the. They were trying to make the, I think like the Andorians and Tellarites, like fight each other. Yeah. So the the Zindi must not be like the the big bad. Maybe by they're this like point, just season three by this yeah. point in the show. So that's interesting too. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I thought it was okay. And yeah, like I said, I, I think like I said last time, I didn't realize that the. Like, Shran and the Andorians were kind of like a continuing plot point through the whole series. I thought they were like, Shran was just a person that showed up in season mm-hmm. four. So, like, it's, it is interesting to tie into that some more. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this before. Like, that, that to me, that's the way you do the expansion of the lore. Is you find something, don't go back and, like, be like, here's some more pointless things to learn about, like, these beloved characters. Like... Go find something where it's like with the Andorians, where it's like, like there's like one episode. Yeah, with it's them. like oh, these blue guys are kind of cool. Like, what if we did something with that? You know, like, sure. And I think that's that to me has been every time we've watched an episode with them. Like, those are by far the most successful like lore dumpy things. You know, and I, I, I'm guessing I'll probably mm-hmm. feel the same about the um, the pig people. I can't remember what they're called. Um, oh, the tellerites. yeah, the Tellarites. I would feel the same way about them. Where like Tellarites just don't, you, you don't really get a lot out of Tellarites in the um, the other shows and so like that, that's kind of like a, that's, that's a yeah. good way to go or you know like we talked about this in our uh, Picard episode um, which came out a couple months ago that there's an episode of Enterprise that's about the soon of that time period like switching over from working on genetics to working on on androids which is already that kind of like this unnecessarily explainy thing but then I, right. I realized that I, I, I was learned that that's the same episode where they do a this is why Klingons look different in the original series. Um, oh, really? Uh, uh, that's that's the same episode where they do that. So it's just like no one needed to know, you know. Like you don't. Yeah, let's say War- Worf already gave like the best the best possible answer, which is just like we don't want to talk about it, you know. Um, right. So yeah, that stuff doesn't do well for me. But you know, I don't know. I thought this episode was fine. Like it's it's not like incredible, but like. If yeah. I was watching with Kim, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's fine. That was, you know." So, uh, sure. didn't didn't hate it. Uh, any other notes you have about this one? My only other like minor thing that was kind of picky was just that like, Tapau makes some comment about how like they've been searching for the past two years for the uh, for this relic, and then like it turns out it's just kind of down. Like Archer just kind of looks over and there's like a big cave entrance and he's like, "It's down that way." I don't know. Yeah. I was a little surprised they hadn't found it yet. It didn't seem that hard to yeah. find. Yeah, I guess we don't we don't know how long they're in that cave system for. But yeah, it doesn't seem like very long because they basically get instructed to start bombing, and they bomb them while they're still in the cave system. So it's like, well, that it couldn't have it could have only had to have been a few minutes. But but there's like corpses of like old Vulcans down there and stuff. So it's like clearly no one's been down there in a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Our next episode, we're talking about another Enterprise episode. We're going to be doing uh, Vanishing Point, which is Enterprise Season 2, Episode 10. And then after that, we have at least a small interlude where we're not doing our Enterprise episodes. We've been, we've been doing so many of them lately. And yeah, I, I do we've... see one more on the schedule coming up after that, but um, 
we're going to get a little bit of a better mix uh, here coming up for, for a while. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Or you can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. We'll be back in a couple weeks, but in the meantime, you can also check out the other uh, shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's the How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is uh, Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.